Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. What's going on, Crossroads Church? How y'all doing this morning? Hey, if... If you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Matthew Ackman. My wife and I have the incredible privilege of serving as the student pastor and Crossroads Leadership Bible College directors here at Crossroads Church. And man, we just love what we get to do. And it's a, it's a big week for us. It's a big week for us. Not only uh, do I have the opportunity to share a word that God's placed on my heart, but uh, man, it is our ECAs happening this Wednesday. So for those of you who don't know what the ECAs are, it is a once a year event that we put on for our students. The ECA stands for the Exchange Choice Awards. What this event is, it is an opportunity for us to, uh, man, honor all of our students, our leaders. We roll out a red carpet. We have a paparazzi wall. We feed them free food from Fizos. Make some noise if you like Fizos. Shout out to Phil Fall. Um, and then we give out 17 awards that were made for free by Spanky Arsenal and Moore's Machine Shop to bless our students. Man, it is such a blast. We give away a 65-inch flat-screen TV along with a ton of giveaways. So if you have a student who is from the grades of 6th grade to 12th grade, man, I promise you, you do not want them to miss this Wednesday. And students... You do not want to miss this Wednesday, ECAs. If you got it, say, I got it. Awesome. One of the things that we do uh, during the ECA awards is we highlight things that have happened kind of throughout the last year. And so uh, one of the things that we're highlighting this year is last year we had the opportunity to uh, fund a water well in Africa. With the exchange and Crossroads Young Adults, we were able to raise the funds to, to dig a water well in Africa. And it was such a, it's such a cool opportunity. And then on top of that, uh, I had the opportunity. I got flown out to Tanzania and had the opportunity to preach there, to minister there, and to dedicate the well that the students had raised money for. And it was, man, it was so awesome. It was incredible. But if I'm being honest, it was, man, it was humbling. <coughs> Excuse me. It was humbling to go to a third world country and just see the way that they live and, man, to just be a part of that. And, but one of the things that I noticed while I was there was, man, when you mentioned, when, when I sat down and I had a conversation with someone and you brought up Jesus and the gospel, people just got excited. It like, it would change their whole countenance. And it was, and I loved it so much. One of the times I got to share the gospel with a lady, we're, we're talking about Jesus. And while we're talking about Jesus, she just starts bawling, crying. The presence of God falls in her shop. We're literally on the ground worshiping. I'm praying over her. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. However, I had to get back on a plane and come back to America. And, you know, they, they describe it as kind of a culture shock moment where, you know, you're coming back from something like that. And so as I was on my way back, I was really asking God, like, man, help, help me understand why there is such a, a hunger and a thirst where I was at in Tanzania. But then you come back to the States and, man, if I bring up Jesus with some random person at Walmart, bro, they might like escort me out and look at me like I'm crazy. You know, and so I was just like, God, what, what is it? Why do they have such a hunger and a thirst there and we don't here in America? And I felt like the Lord told me this, that they experience, America experiences my provision, 
but does not acknowledge me as God. And so as I, as I, and so as I processed that and prayed to God through that, um, man, I really felt like the Lord kind of highlighted that we experience God's provision, but we separate it from God's plan. We get the two mixed up. And so what I want to do today is I want to unpack the idea of God's provision versus God's plan. I think they're two separate things. And so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be looking at the story of the Israelites. And so where we're going to be at in scripture is they have just been rescued out of Egypt. They've went through the Red Sea and they're on their way to the promised land. And while they're on their way to the promised land, uh, God starts providing this thing called manna. And while they're in the desert, they get manna, which is just described as kind of like honey bread, but it's from heaven, honey bread from heaven. I think it was honey buns, if I had to guess. All right, so we're gonna be reading in Exodus chapter 16, and we're gonna, we're gonna skip through the chapter reading on some verses that I really wanna highlight today. So uh, Exodus 16, verses one through four reads, then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam, and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around with pots full of meat and we ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness where we're going to starve to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Fast forward down to verse 19. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of the manna until morning. But some of them did not listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. Verse 35 reads, So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until the day they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, fast forward 40 years from this passage, we're going to read Joshua chapter 5, 11 and 12. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. If you're taking notes this afternoon, the title to this message is Stop Looking for Manna. Stop Looking for Manna. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are a God who provides, that you are here for us. Lord, I just pray that eyes are opened, that ears hear today, Father, your gospel, and we thank you that it'll transform and change lives because of what you've done. We love you, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... If Israel, I often wonder if Israel had not complained and been disobedient, would we have ever even seen manna in the wilderness? God provided manna in the wilderness, but it was simply because of Israel's disobedience. 
So was it ever his, was it his provision or was it his plan? The first point that I wanna make today is don't mistake God's plan for God's provision. Don't mistake God's plan for God's provision. I have, a, I have two sons and I love them incredibly. Parents, where you at? Make some noise if you love being a parent. Yep, I love it. Students, give your parents an easier time. It's hard being a parent. It's hard being a parent. One thing that I, I absolutely don't like about being a, a, a father is whenever I have plans for my son and there's something I wanna do with Caden and we, we have the whole thing mapped out this weekend, we're gonna go to the cart ranch, we're gonna go to the zoo, we're gonna do all of this and then he does something stupid like he's not supposed to. Like gets in trouble in class, I'm like, ugh. And so obviously, like, man, I have to take those privileges away from him but don't you know that I still feed him at night? Now, depending on how much trouble he gets in, it might be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, he's allergic to peanut butter, so it might be a honey sandwich. So I might give him his manna and tell him to go to his, go to his room for the night. But the, the connection is if me, as an earthly father, still provides for my son, even when he is disobedient, how much more will our father in heaven provide for us even when we're not in the will of God? You see, God provides for us even when we're doing things that he does not want us to do. Just because they had manna did not mean they were in the will of God. Manna never represented the will of God. You see, God is your provider. It is not something he does. It is who he is at his core. It's who he is in his being. So just because you have manna and provision does not mean you are in the will of God. God provided you manna whenever he gave you that job, even though you still complain about where God has you. Hmm, I might've stepped on a few toes, sorry. God provided manna even though you got that huge pay raise and you never tithe. God provided you manna when he revealed himself to you during Pastor Jeff's sermon and you never acted upon the conviction that he gave you. God provided manna when he helped you make it to your next paycheck when all you do is spend all of your money on drinking and gambling. Remember what the scripture says, the manna was to test the Israelites to see if they would be obedient. God is calling you to more, but he still provides for you even when you are not, even where you are not where you are supposed to be. There is so much more for your life, but we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We have to obey those, con those convictions. We have to be led by his spirit. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's, it's a conviction I live by. I believe that at all times, every single person knows the next step they're supposed to take to get closer in their relationship with God. I believe it. I believe every single one of you in you here, no, right now, as I'm speaking, you know that thing you're supposed to do. You know that thing you're supposed to let go of. So my question to you is how long will you be disobedient before you step into what God has for you? Israel spent 40 years wandering the desert because of their disobedience. According to the book of Deuteron Deuteronomy, it was only supposed to take 11 days. Now, mind you, God provided for them the entire time. But just because God is providing does not mean you are in his plan. I love that the, the name of the wilderness is sin. I, I just, I can't help but draw a connection there. Um, where manna first appeared, it's in the wilderness of sin. 
And so the second point that I wanna share with you this morning is God still provides manna in sin. God still provides manna in sin. You see, God is a provider. We cannot confuse God's character with God's approval because he will be faithful even when you are not because he is faithful. It's what he does. It's not about your works or your acts. God is faithful. But at some point, we've got to make a decision that we got to give God something to bless instead of something to fix. There is a plan for your life. There is a calling on your life. And if you don't make the decision that you're going to walk out the will of God, then you're going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years and never, and always wondering why you never got anywhere. How long will we be disobedient? How long will it take us to listen to the voice of God? Far too often I hear people say things like, and, and, and mind you, say things like this while living in repetitive sin. Man, it, it's okay, it's okay. Man, God's gonna work this thing out. It's, it's okay, I, I know I messed up, I know I messed up, but, but God's hand is on my life. Listen, that is true. Those are very true statements. However, that does not mean that you are in the will and in the plan and you are walking in the approval of God. The length of the wilderness is always determined by you. When will you decide to trust God and let go of the things he's asked you to? Because God's plan is not for you to be in the wilderness of sin. God's plan is not for you to be in sin. God's plan is to get you through sin. So when God speaks to you, act on it. When he tells you to quit cussing, when he tells you to treat people better, when he tells you to quit gossiping, when he tells you to quit complaining, when he tells you to start tithing, whatever it is the Holy Spirit is leading you towards, it's time to say, you know what? I'm gonna trust God, I'm gonna give up my old life, and I'm gonna step into the newness that the Holy Spirit promises that the old things are dead and gone, all things have become new. It's time for us, church, to march into our promised land. But to do so, we have to leave behind the sin. We have to leave behind the wilderness of sin if we want to step into the promised land. The, point, the last point that I want to share with you is that once Israel entered into the promised land, if they would have kept looking for manna, they would have starved. Why? Because God was doing a new thing. God had a new way to provide in the season that they were in. My third and final point is this. Stop looking for manna in the promised land. If they would have kept looking for manna, then they would have missed out on the provision of the present because they were more concerned about the past. God is calling us to a new thing. The old ways will not work. There are things you are doing that will not work in your walk with Jesus anymore. The manna in the past is crippling you in the present. God gave you manna when you survived without hardly any money. And now because you've seen God's provision, you think you can blow money to money, you think you can blow your money every single week before you get your next paycheck. God gave you manna when he got you out of that bind, but now you feel like you can live however you want because he'll do it again. God gave you manna when you got breakthrough from those suicidal thoughts but now you never pray and your relationship with God is fading. God gave you manna by providing online services through COVID. And it was provision when it was needed, 
But we fast forward a few years later, you're at home. You're thinking about walking away from your, your walk with Jesus. You're thinking about leaving the church. And it's because you're holding on to what God was doing in the past and not looking forward to what God is wanting to do in the here and the now. God is wanting to do a new thing. Don't allow the blessing of the past to become a burden of the present. If the Israelites stored the manna too long, the Bible says that it turned into maggots. What are we holding on to that's turned into maggots, but we still think it's God's provision? We need to have our thumb on the pulse of what God is doing in the present. One of the things, when I, when I think about this idea, man, I cannot help but think of uh, Crossroads Leadership College. Whenever uh, Pastor Paul and Pastor Michelle Jacqua took over the college, man, they really felt led by the Holy Spirit to transition it from a, an old master's commission model more to your contemporary Bible college with elements from that into it. And because of that decision, they made it through COVID. Do you, I heard a statistic the other day that 90 to 95% of all Bible colleges that were not connected to a university closed their doors during, closed their doors during COVID. I believe that the reason the doors are still open at CLC is because Pastor Paul and Michelle alongside Pastor Jeff was in tune to the Holy Spirit and what he was doing now and listened to God's provision for today and wasn't worried about how God moved in the past. God is asking you to walk into the promised land with him, but you will not make it there if you are not being led in the present. You see, when they marched into the promised land, the, the food that they ate there was unleavened bread and roasted grain. Now, unlike the manna from the wilderness, both unleavened bread and roasted grain required some preparation and required some cooking. The will of God is going to take some effort on your part. It's time to stop relying on spiritual milk. It's time for some meat. A baby gets a bottle from his parents, but at some point he has to feed himself. We need to stop. It's time for us to grab a fork to eat instead of waiting for a spoon to be fed. Listen, I love, I'm so thankful to be a part of Crossroads Church. Man, this is where I got saved, plugged in. I'm so thankful to be a part of such an amazing spirit-led church with an amazing pastor. And he's a next level communicator. But if you show up to Sundays and this is the only time that you eat, you're going to starve. Man, it's time to get in your word at home. It's time to spend time with God at home. It's time to have conversations about Jesus with your family. And it's time to start being filled up, not just on Sunday mornings. If I only ate on Sunday mornings, I would be so malnourished, physically and spiritually. Listen, you are called to enter the promised land, but some of you are stuck with your hand in the desert looking for old manna. You used to get filled up on a Sunday morning. Maybe it's time to start having devotions at your home. A small group doesn't feel the same. Maybe next semester it's time for you to lead a small group. You show up here and you don't feel connected anymore. Maybe it's time to get plugged into a serve team and get connected to the vision of Crossroads Church and being empowered to run with the work of the ministry. Don't ever forget, manna has an expiration date. Don't depend on it for too long. 
Look for what God is asking you to do now, not how he provided for you then. And listen, if you feel called to ministry, man, please come see me. I would love to give you more information about Crossroads Leadership College and see if it's a fit. But if you feel called to ministry, don't sit on that, man. Let someone know. We wanna make sure that we're empowering and equipping you to do the work of the Lord. All right, so let me bring everything that we talked about together as we wrap up. I think, I believe that we oftentimes mistake God's plan for God's provision. I really believe that. We look at earthly resources to tell us whether we are in God's will or not. Just because there is or is not provision does not mean that we are or are not in God's plan. Listen to the Apostle Paul by inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Philippians 4, 11 through 12. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. What was Paul saying? The apostle Paul was saying that I don't judge whether I'm in the will of God by the physical resources I have. So don't think just because you're in a drought that you are not in the will of God. Listen, God is a God of seasons and you cannot judge what God is doing based upon the physical resources. Now, now let me just say, does that mean God won't bless things when we are stepping in his will? That's not what I'm saying. The promises of God are true and yes and amen, but we cannot put God inside of a box and think that every time our physical resources aren't there, we are outside of the will of God. Or when we have the resources, we're inside of the will of God. God is so much bigger than that but we have to realize that it's not about the physical resources. It's about him. You wanna know the will of God for your life? Chase Jesus with everything you have. And I promise you, you will be in the will of God. I think far too often we worry about the things, the destination, well, man, is God calling me to be a pastor? Is God calling me to work here or work there? Listen, if you spend time with God, he's gonna lead you and guide you. But the will of God is you chasing Jesus with everything you have, every part of your being. You need to seek first the kingdom, the, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. It's not backwards. Seek first Jesus. That is the will of God for your life. And remember this, it's always easier to steer a boat that's moving than a boat that's parked in the harbor. So as you chase after God, as you spend time with Jesus, as you open your Bible at home, as you share your faith, as you lead a small group, as you get plugged in, God's gonna lead you and guide you. Don't worry about the destination. The destination is his responsibility. It is more so about becoming the right person as opposed to arriving at the right place. Listen, church, it's about becoming the right person. Let us give everything we have to Jesus and trust him to work out the rest. Amen. Well, I sure hope that the message really resonated with you today. Perhaps you're someone who's never really made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to God. If you're someone who can't really say you're living for God, if the truth is you're just living for you, if you're someone who has no real assurance about what awaits you when this life is over, listen, God loves you today. 
He's made provision for you to be saved and forgiven of all of your sins. You can be made right with God. He wants to give you a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. And here's what he says in Romans chapter 10. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He is simply waiting on you to call on Him and make Him Lord of your life. Why don't we do that right now by praying a very simple prayer together. Just pray this prayer. Let these words come right from your heart. God's going to hear that prayer. He's going to forgive your sins. He's going to make you right with Himself. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner I know my sin separates me from God. I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe He died for me. I believe He rose again through faith in Jesus. I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world around me. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now. Even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, hey, we want to know about it. Would you just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that we've provided so that we can connect with you and give you some next steps. God bless you today, and thanks so much for joining us.